Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Sherry Shaven to the show today. Sherry's an athletic therapist, osteopath, nutritional consultant, and strength coach. With over 18 years of experience, she's dedicated her life to motivating, inspiring, and empowering thousands of people all over the world to reach their highest potential in health and fitness. If you've ever felt discouraged when it comes to your health and fitness or thought I could never do that, then our guest has some practical advice to help you to empower your deepest transformation and finally to fall in love with fitness. In fact, Sherry has her own podcast called Fall in Love with Fitness, which I had the pleasure of appearing on recently. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Sherry to the show. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Jason. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for coming on. I know I mentioned I I just I love having notable guests, those who have the ability or opportunity to share from their individual life experience how certain things that may have happened in life didn't cause a reaction, but an actual change and a transformation. And when I was looking at your background, you're screaming that to me. Your transformation in your life itself, it seems pretty, pretty powerful. And I wanted to ask you, first off, I know you're located in Montreal from our interview and we talked before the show today, but I wanted to ask you, in your life experience, you had a car accident when you were 16. I'd like to see if you could share that with our audience and explain to our audience how that set you on your life path that you've been on ever since. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro. And to be honest, 
For the longest time, I never really looked at it that way, just the way that you've described. In fact, I, I was very embarrassed of my story and I always felt very al unaligned with it, especially because when I first opened my gym in 2012, that was the time where I had my second back surgery and I was so embarrassed to even call myself a coach because I could barely demonstrate a squat. And so it comes to a matter of perspective and just realizing that things happen in our life, these experiences happen in our life, and we can choose how we want to react to them. And that means we can either choose to be a victim of that story forever, or we can choose to write our own story and make that something that can help others and really find the leverage in creating that inspiration for others. And that's what it was for me. But essentially, when I was 16, I was hit by a car. And at the time, I was super into sports. I was a child athlete. I swam. I did track and field. I played volleyball. I was on all the varsity sports. And I injured my back very badly. I herniated several discs. And at the time, I was told that I was never allowed to play sports again and that I had to maybe just consider lightly walking on the treadmill for the rest of my life. And so I had surgery on my back by the time I was 17. And this was to alleviate the pain that was going down my leg. At that point, I could barely stand for a few minutes just to shower. I needed assistance to shower. I could barely walk. And so I embraced that for many years. I listened to the advice of the doctors. They said I wasn't allowed to play sports. And so that's what I did. I backed off of everything and eventually found myself picking up different habits and hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things that my parents would never approve of. And in my early 20s, I just woke up one day and was like, who am I? Like, this this is not who I am. I always saw myself as this athlete, and I was so into sports and health and fitness, and now I'm doing all these things, and this is not who I am. And so I decided to just get started. I walked into the gym. I had no idea what I was doing at that time. I just watched everybody around me. I started imitating what I saw, and I just stuck with it. And eventually, after several months, I realized that I was able to come off of my pain medication. At that time, I wasn't able to go through a single day without pain medication. And so then I bought a treadmill. I bought a secondhand treadmill. I put it in my apartment, and I started running five minutes at a time. And then eventually worked up to an hour and then started to run outside. And that was such an aha moment for me. And that was a realization that I'm in the wrong field. I, I was studying biochemistry at the time. I'm in the wrong field. I, I think I'm meant to study this. And now that I'm able to do this and I'm able to overcome my pain and get off pain medication, I have to help others do this. And so that really sparked my journey. I, it was really an obsession. I wanted to know everything there was about the human body, biomechanics, injury management, nutrition. And so fast forward 20 years, I put myself into courses, I switched programs, I studied athletic therapy and then osteopathy. And honestly, the journey never ends. Just a few months ago, I did my yoga teacher training. So I'm still on that path of self-discovery and just wanting to learn everything that I can and help my athletes do the same. As I hear you explain how the accident impacted your life, one of the words you used that really resonated with me just now is decided to get started at the gym. And the reason I share that with you is that's when you started on your path that led you to where you are now with the aha moments and the realizations that you could go into, everybody's probably done this. I've gone into the gym after being away for a while and I'm looking around going, I don't fit in here. I don't feel like I belong here because if I go lift up some light weights, everybody's going to be looking at me rather critically and be like, what is he doing here? But then I escape that mindset and say, if I don't belong here, then no one else does. And it's all about how you view it. I've had times.
when I was younger and I was about 16 is when I started my fitness journey and I started working out at a gym with a, a close friend of mine I used to work with who trained me, basically taught me how to work out for like two years. And that put a very stable foundation because I went with this person to go work out. We, we held each other accountable. And I was able to meet, I went from 135 pounds at age 16 to 165 in a short over an eight month period of time. And it was like this realization and I'm not 165 anymore. My point is I'm actually healthier than I've been in the past. My point is that's what it took for me to kind of get into the fitness mindset for myself. And I wanted to ask you for the people you work with, the clients you work with, and guests that appear on your show, have they said to you anything about how their personal challenges might somehow come from that initial going in and I don't belong here. I don't fit in here. And overcoming that to say, you know what, I'm here like everybody else. We all belong here. Did you find that kind of thing when you had your aha moment on your treadmill? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's such a great question. And and I think we all have a little bit of that not just around health and fitness, but I think around anything new in our life. We're so comfortable with our old habits and our old patterns. And even though they may not serve us, we're just comfortable with them because we can identify with them. And so when we start a new journey, we're very preoccupied around how are other people going to think about this? And what do I look like? And a lot of self-judgment. And actually, that's the thing is that others are not judging us. We are judging ourselves because we have these high expectations of ourselves. And the moment that we find our why, we really make this about us, then nothing matters. So for me, for example, my why was never to have a six pack. It really wasn't. And people always approach me and ask me, how did you get a six pack? And the truth is, I never walked in the gym saying, I want to look a certain way. I walked in the gym saying, I want to be pain free. Like, I'm in my early 20s and I shouldn't be on Celebrex and I shouldn't be on all of these pain medications all day to to get through the day. And so once you find your driving force, that reason that keeps bringing you back when things get tough, when you have self-doubt, that one thing that will keep you adhered to your goal, then you really become unstoppable. And to get to that place, you have to dive into an emotional place. You have to talk about your why in a way where you feel the emotions come up. And many of us around health and fitness, our why is, I want to be in the best shape of my life, or I want to be fit. And that doesn't really mean anything because, Jason, if we both said, I want to be fit, what does that really mean? Because it's too vague. It's too vague. I can't measure that. I don't know when that will happen. But if, if instead I say, I want to run a 5K under 30 minutes by June, right now I've got something to measure. I've, I, I can tell my distance. I can find my pace and I've got now a timeline, right? So when we create this goal and we have that driving force, we really become unstoppable. I love the way you phrase that because I was just thinking to myself, like the whole, like your goal originally was to be pain-free. Other We all have individual goals. Like I want to lose my gut. I want to be more flexible. I want to overcome these self-conceived notions of when I was younger to be stronger and healthier and happier for myself, to gain confidence. And I think a lot of it is going to focus on your mindset first to set your motivation to get into the gym or follow through with your fitness goals. And then the other part is like what you said, when you start seeing results, that could be so enforcing. That could be so reinforcing, I should say, that once you get those results where you start losing the weight or shedding the fat, for me, the biggest thing in the world was before and after photos. I'd have a VR, like, wound up losing this weight after I had my cancer a couple of years ago. And I just forced myself to, to work out because now I could do it and I felt healthier. 
And then I looked at photos that people sent me from the past. Like, you know, how Facebook recommends your memories. And I was looking at these photos of myself and I'm like, oh my God, my before and after that was like my catalyst to keep going. And uh, everybody has their own intention, their own individual motivation. I want to ask you this. What have you found that has helped you working with your clients to find their, to develop their individual motivation that keeps them going and growing and building on what they've already accomplished? Oh, that's so good. I think it's different things for different people, but the way I talk about motivation is really on, on sort of the grounds of energy. And if we think about it, let's look at it this way. Let's say, Jason, you wake up in the morning, it's sunny outside, it's beautiful, you open your emails, you have all these really great messages, maybe you have a new client, and then your partner makes you breakfast in bed and you're just having a badass day. Is it easy to get up and then go do your workout or your run that you've committed to? I would say, yeah, if you had a, that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're in a high energy state, you're feeling good things are happening, right? But then if let's say you wake up in the morning and you plan to go for a run, but it's cold and rainy and gross outside, and then you open your email and then there's an angry client that needs your attention that day. And then you have a fight with your partner. And now do you feel like going out and going for a workout? or for your Nah, partner? I'd want to go crawl up into a fetal position and go put the TV on and probably comfort eat. <laughs> I'm just joking. So we're looking for motivation. And the thing is, motivation is very temporary energy and it comes from outside of us, right? But inspiration is something that's inside us. And so the way that I, I share this concept with my athletes is just manage your energy. We have, in my opinion, we have abundant access to energy source. We can meditate, we can pray, we can move, we can exercise, we can dance, we can connect with nature, love. Love is the currency of energy, right? And so when we're in this space and we're able to constantly plug in and get energy, we have to also realize that we don't have an infinite capacity to actually hold energy. Our container is permeable. That means throughout my day, there's ways where I leak energy. For example, I have an interaction with an energy vampire. That's a person in our life that sucks out our energy. So there you go. I just lost some of my energy or I'm spending time in self-doubt, spending time being a victim of my circumstances, thinking, oh, why me? Why does this always happen to me? Poor me. In that place, I'm also in a low vibrational state. So instead of thinking about motivation or, or thinking about how can I discipline myself to train, I actually want to think about how can I elevate my energy and then how can I stay there? And now I have to audit my environment. Because if I'm around negative people or if I'm around people that are constantly sucking my energy, then I'm in a low vibrational state. If I'm eating foods that don't serve me, foods that are hard to digest, processed foods, I'm in a state of low energy. If I'm constantly talking myself down, if every single time I go to the gym, I'm always thinking about how much I suck or how weak I am or how slow I am or how it's not enough or things are not changing enough, that's a low vibrational state. But if I shift all that and I come to this place of gratitude where I thank myself for just walking into the gym, I thank myself for just showing up for my workout. It doesn't matter how fast I ran today. It doesn't matter how much I did today, but I did it. And I congratulate myself for that. Well, I bring myself to this place of high energy. I have to audit my diet also at all times. And my diet is not just what I'm eating. My diet is the conversations I'm sitting down in. The diet, my diet is what I'm watching on TV. My diet is what I'm listening to. I have to audit all these things because when I'm robbed of my energy, it is so impossible then to take that first step because action, that first step to taking action happens at a high vibrational state. And so we need to bring ourselves into this place by either connecting to that abundant source of energy 
and also managing the leakage that's happening all day. Your answer just now resonates so well with me because you incorporated concepts and ideas that I, it's like speaking my language. As you were talking, I got the word nourish our whole, the gestalt, looking at the mind, body, spirit. You're looking at fitness in the mind, body, spirit paradigm, which I connect with. And I know our audience will as well, where you can look at things like dieting as your interactions energetically with others, not just putting food in your body, not just drinking certain things. I never thought of it that way. And that's such a unique angle on how to approach fitness, because I will tell you firsthand that I've had days where if something negative happens to me, maybe I might be prone to go work out, but I usually go for walks just to clear my mind and get a little cardio in that way. It is what it is. But then the days I go to the gym, if I have a rough day, sometimes it's hard to overcome those mental barriers. And you have to nourish the gestalt, as I just said just now, meaning looking at the whole, but Part of that is people think, oh, I'm not fit, so I can't become fit. I can't have that six pack. And one of the things I I will tell you from hearing your example is it's not about the physical result. It's about how do you get there in the process of the whole, your mind, body, spirit? What steps can you take to nourish the whole? What do you do for your energy? What do you do to stay away from negative energy vampires? How well do you eat? It's not about counting calories. It's a much higher level. And I love that. I think that's something I'm going to try myself to use my own manifestation, like the secret and all these things and and plug it into my fitness routine. I bet you anything that's going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? We're not, Jason, we're not our physical bodies, right? It's just like you said, I am, I am not only my emotional body and my spiritual body and my energetic body, but I'm also all the traumas that I carry with me, all the limiting beliefs that I have in my life, all of my interactions. That's who I am. We are beings. And so when we look at ourselves this way and say, it's not because I'm lazy, it's not because I'm lacking motivation, there's other stuff. And so it took me a long time to realize that. Actually, when I first started my career, I would write these workout programs for people and, and what I thought was like the most badass meal plan. And I just didn't, I didn't get it. Why aren't they following it? Come on, they should be getting results. And it's so not that. It's 80% mindset. And oftentimes we don't realize what mindset is, but mindset is really changing your perspective around how you see things. And so when we start to work on that part, then everything starts to fall into place. And we have this conception, and we oftentimes hear this also from doctors, if you release weight, you'll be healthy, right? If you lose a few pounds or if you lose the weight, you'll be healthy. But it actually doesn't work that way. If we are healthy, we will release weight because we need to get into that healthy state, not just physically. And when we're talking about physically, we're talking about gut health, we're talking about making sure we're in a low place of stress. If I'm in a high stress environment all the time, I'm not in a healthy place to create transformation, right? If I have all of these things going on in my life, if I have limiting beliefs, if I don't believe that I can, if I've had negative experiences in my life, I'm not in a healthy place. So I need to find health first, And then the consequence of that, the side effect of being healthy is releasing the weight. And you don't even have to think about it, right? It makes it sound seamless too, when you look at it that way, because from my vantage point, I did intermittent fasting. And that that was one of the things that helped me between gaining control of bad dietary habits, intermittent fasting, where you, I started eating at like noon every day and I'd eat from 12 to nine. That by itself would help jumpstart my fitness goals. Then working out. And incorporating all these other things, but I still have a pesky desire. I enjoy sugary foods. I enjoy those things that are probably not on any of those lists of recommended items that you should have. So the way I do that is I do 
kind of like a, a metric with myself that if I have some not so great food, I'll go walk a little extra or I'll intermittent fast a little more disciplined for a few extra days. And one of the questions I want to ask you is anytime, let's say there's someone in the audience who wants to be better in terms of their nutritional goals or their fitness aspirations, what advice would you give to somebody who falls off the wagon? Someone has a really stressful moment, maybe a life change, maybe a partner broke up with them, maybe a person they love died or an animal they lost, and they're just not having the motivation to return into their routine before. How would you recommend that they change it up and get back into it? So there is no falling off the wagon, right? When we look at our journey as our lifelong journey, then I can't ever fall off. But I also need to expect to derail. So I can make commitments now because life is great and things are gravy. But then all of a sudden, if I lose my job or I lose somebody in life, I have to expect a setback. And oftentimes that's where our block is, is that we're not anticipating that setback. So then when that setback happens, we don't know what to do. And then we see that as failure. And then diet culture is always putting us in this place where, okay, you're going to start this and it's only going to last this long. And once you reach this point, it stops. And again, because I I have that mindset, I have that diet mindset, the moment I do get derailed, I automatically feel like I failed. So if I joined a 21 day whatever program and I for three days I had a fever and I couldn't train, then I feel like I failed because now I've got what, 19 days left. And so first it's just to look at this whole thing as a journey. And I like the rule of addition. So I add before I subtract. Before I start to subtract the quote unquote junk, whatever that means to me in my diet, let me start adding in some salad. Before I start to eliminate things from my diet, let me start adding things. Before I start to make these massive changes, let me start with the positive habits. And then let me do this in a way where I can slowly ramp up. I can add in one thing, I create consistency and sustainability, and then I move on to the next thing. And again, if I look at this process as this being the rest of my life, then it's so much easier to manage because there's no pressure. I don't have a time limit. I just need to work on one thing every single day. And oftentimes too, again, coming back to that example of we need to release weight in order to be healthy, and it's actually the inverse. We need to be healthy to release weight. So must we also look at our goals. So if my goal, for example, is to release 20 pounds, and by the way, we want to release our weight, not lose it, because when I lose my keys, I want to find them. So I want to release 20 pounds. Instead of focusing on, I want to release 20 pounds, I want to instead focus on becoming the person who is 20 pounds lighter. And now that looks very different because instead of focusing on that number, I actually want to focus on all the habits. Like, who is this person? Maybe I know a friend or maybe I know a family member who has that ideal lifestyle that I'm trying to step into. So let me interview them. Let me model them. Let me understand what are they doing in their lives. And let me slowly start to add in these habits until I eventually shift that identity to become that person. And then I don't have to worry about dieting because I just am that person. I first off really respect you being vulnerable and sharing your life story on your own show and on here. And just, we need advocates who can explain and say, Hey, I had a horrible back injury. I went through all these horrible things in the past. It's my past. I was able to get past it. Look at me now. I'm in this better point of view and I've turned it into a motivating factor, not just for myself, but for anyone else in my life that I can work with. And that's like a life mission. That's meaning and purpose. So many people during the pandemic, I feel lost sight of what their meaning and purpose was because they couldn't work. They couldn't do things as normal. They couldn't interact. And one of the questions I want to ask you when it comes to fitness in your mind, and when you look at your goals, where you've done your own podcast and you've been doing all these things, what have you found the greatest enjoyment for yourself? working with people? What has 
been that one thing that you could point to that you're like, I want to always do this because this is what I'm most passionate about. And this is where I'm headed. Like for myself, you're looking at it, podcasting. I love it. I love this and being psychic. I love my learning too, but I love these two things. So those are the things that I've decided since the last several months that I'm going to make this my mainstay and take a plug at it and see where it goes. I was just curious, like, where do you see yourself in terms of what you're doing? Because you've done so many amazing things already. Where do you see the next step for you? I'm very, I'm very in the moment. I could tell you that I've always wanted to launch a podcast. I think in 2018 was the time where I was thinking about it. I even recorded several intros and I was trying to envision what this podcast would look like. And then all of a sudden COVID happened and it was just the gift of COVID. All of a sudden I had the time and space to create a podcast and boom. And the same thing with my YouTube channel. And so I think ultimately my mission is to just create awareness. And that's where I, that's what I really feed off of is really creating awareness around what is health, what truly is health. And health is not what diet culture tells us to be. Health is not a size zero or a size two. Health is not being a marathon runner. Health is really living this empowered life, this epic life where not only is your health and fitness a place where you're happy and you're feeling really good about it, but so is your relationships. And so is work. And so is all, so are all the other things in your life. And we can't have one without the other. I can't focus on my health and fitness journey if my relationships are suffering or if I'm in a toxic or abusive relationship. If every time I go into work, that environment is very toxic for me, I can't focus on my health and fitness. And so bringing people into this place of awareness that it, it's not you. It's not that, it's not that you're lazy. It's not that you're, the diet's not working for you. It's not, it's none of that. It's really just, just finding who you are and who you want to be and then taking that first step to get there. And so I know I'm, I'm right now, for example, I'm working on an app. I'm, I'll be releasing an app. It's actually pretty badass. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's really it's it's about a lot of random randomness in it. You choose the muscle groups, you choose the exercises, and then it, the app just puts things together for you. So, yeah, I'm very in the flow of what sort of what I'm supposed to do next. And I think in the past, I was really working so hard and muscling myself through things. But once I've slowed down and really put myself in flow, things are just falling into place. What's your viewpoint on the idea of surrendering, letting go? I know, I feel like you have a very strong viewpoint on this because I've learned this in the last two years, surrendering things from my past that would I would just get hung up on if it's a failed relationship, if it's being ghosted by someone you like and having that rejection slap you in the face, if it's whatever, job, depression, how do you, for yourself, get past those? So I I read The Untethered Soul. This was when my mom was ill. I actually got into The Untethered Soul and I probably read that book 10 times, like on audio, on repeat. And then I had the opportunity to sit down with Michael Singer. This was right before the pandemic. This was in 2019. I went to Alaska, Florida, and I sat down with Michael Singer, who is the author of The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul. And so just getting into this place where, okay, everything around me, all the experiences in my life have nothing to do with me. I make them everything about me, but they actually have nothing to do with me. I cannot control the weather, so I shouldn't react to the rain today or the snow today. And a, a terrible experience happened in my life. I shouldn't react to it. My mom got ill. She got she had cancer and she passed away in 2019. I have nothing to do with that. And so getting into this place of just 
letting go of external factors that and realizing that events will happen all the time and the only thing that you can do is control your reaction to the event and that reaction is completely within your power your thoughts are within your power is so empowering and it becomes a choice jason this thing happened to me and yeah it sucks and maybe i'll allow myself to sit in the emotion for just a bit but i don't have to stay here and i don't have to let this identify who i am and i don't have to be so attached to that outcome because i i can't make it happen and covid was a great example for many of us we things just happened we were living in and we still are living in a place of uncertainty for so long i lost my gym in covid in march 15th they asked us to close the gyms two months later i closed my gym like how do you manage that opening and closing and you just have to get to this place where okay i'm just i'm ready to let go and just have this unbelievable trust and faith in the universe that no matter what happens it's supposed to happen this way and i'll tell you for me the moment i let go yes it was hard yes i went through a lot of emotions because i was sherry crossfit i was this was my identity for so long but the moment i let go of that a lot of amazing things entered into my life i met a lot of amazing people i made a lot of connections i launched my youtube channel and my podcast channel i ended up increasing my income all the things that i didn't see happening at the time when i was closing my gym happened but it was really from a place of just faith like i know it's going to happen and it has to happen in a way that it's supposed to happen and so it's hard it's hard to get yourself there right away it's not going to happen overnight but it's another muscle that you have to build and just slowly letting go of all of these outcomes and expectations is very freeing it's very liberating and actually in yoga that's really the place where we stop suffering when we don't have expectations on the outcome we stop suffering i love that no expectations on the outcome is very good advice for all of us to have and follow especially after two years of or it's about two years at this point of everything we've been through i I want to ask you something going along with what we're talking about. How do you believe we can all develop greater self-love within ourselves? Our soul is a child. And if we realize that, we realize that our soul is this, is this little child. It's, it's that moment when maybe you were six years old on the playground and you just started becoming aware of things around you. That's your soul. And so if you treat that soul like it was a child and you speak to it like it's a child, and just give it love the way that you would your child. That's that first place of self. If anyone is a parent or even if you have someone very close to you that you love very much and you just imagine speaking to them the way that you sometimes speak to yourself. How harmful is that? And so when you come to that place where you just honor yourself for showing up, you honor yourself for all the things that you do. And you do things for yourself out of love the way that you would do for your child or the way that you would do for someone that you love so much, then that really changes everything. Because now I choose to eat these foods because I love myself, because they nourish me. And I choose to go for a walk because that's what feeds my soul. I'm not, oh, I have to eat this broccoli because I'm so, I need to lose weight. And, I, and it becomes like this punishment. But really coming to this place of self-love is... A daily ritual it starts in the morning the moment you wake up and you just go through this gratitude practice you're grateful for all the things that you have grateful for having eyes that you can see with grateful for having breath that your lungs just breathe freely right grateful absolutely for an able body and so as you go through all these processes 
and you start to to really download that into your mind, you can't help but shift into that place of self-love. Let me ask you this about your podcast. I wanted to find out, fall in love with fitness. And you said it was after the COVID thing was happening or beforehand, you started the idea with it and you worked around intros. I, I know that creative process. And I believe you're a very creative person based on the fact you are creative. Come on, you created your reality, right? You went from having an accident at 16 to totally changing everything up and becoming what you are now and having your body, your background is your podcast. And I want to ask you this, when you look at all the creative energies that flow through you and you can see things come to fruition, things become reality when you manifest and create it, what's the most fascinating part of yourself as a creator that you think about privately, but you don't usually share with an audience? Mm, Right. There should be no resistance. And when you're in that creative space, you are in your gifts. And I believe we all have sacred gifts. And so when we're in our gifts and we're being creative, it's like there is no time and space. And you're, and in fact, what's flowing through you is not even from you. I actually feel that almost everything comes from a higher power. It's very bizarre to describe, but I don't even know where this comes from. Like this information just downloads into my mind because Number one, my intention is to help others. So when my intention is is for the good, then you open that channel for that flow. And then when you're in your gifts, doing the things that light you up, doing the things that excite you and that you can use to help others, then that just flows. And hearing you describe your answers to my questions, I feel very strongly that you're an empath and you're very intuitive yourself and you have your own abilities that you don't really bring up as much, but you're very aware of. And I feel like when you work with clients, you can feel that energetic connection, as you call it. And I want to ask you, what role has intuition played in your life with all the things that you're doing right now and continue to do on a daily basis? And if you could share that with us. Yeah, I've learned to listen, Jason. I could tell you that that voice, it's this inner knowing and it sits in your heart and it always tells you the right things. And I ignored it for a long time. Come on. And then every single time I would not listen, of course, the exact opposite would happen. And so now I'm very true to myself. I'm very real with myself. And if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't resonate with me right now, it's a no, right? And I have I think I've come to this place where I can quickly come to no. Whereas before I would try to please others and I felt like I was going against my own knowing and it, it never ended out to be exactly the way that I should have. There was always friction. There was always an obstacle. But when you're in this place where you just follow your heart and you don't question, it's that first message that comes to you and you just follow that, then that's the answer. And so I've learned to listen. And so when I do speak with clients, I can see their body languages. I pick up their messages. And sometimes it's creepy because I'll... It really depends on who I'm working with. There's There are some people that are very black and white and you can't tell them, like, I just felt something about your sister. I just felt something. And would they even believe that? Would they? And so it really depends on who I'm working with. But yeah, body language, energy. This is a, our currency exchange. And once you realize that everything in the universe operates under that currency and that it's very simple to adjust it if you understand how to tap into it or understand how to reserve that energy, then you can really connect. Tell our audience about your podcast, Fall in Love with Fitness. 
So Fall in Love with Fitness is a platform where I want to create awareness for people and inspire them onto their fitness journey. So I've had people such as you, professionals in, in their fields that can help people overcome obstacles or learn about different topics that can serve them. I also have people that have come onto the show who went through a similar story as me, were told that they would not live past six months or would never walk again. And so these are transformational and inspirational stories. And so the idea is really to have everyone fall in love with fitness and to really have everyone know that fitness is possible for everyone. What's your dog's name? <laughs> and he's he has massive FOMO right now. He can hear. He us. sounds adorable. I just wanted to ask you because I'm an animal lover. I have two parrots, but I. How, how long have you had your dog for? So, I got my dog a day after Kobe Bryant died, and I named him Kobe after wow. Kobe Bryant. So Absolutely. it's since 2019. It was right before the pandemic. And again, he's another pandemic gift. And what's really funny is that for the longest time, I have two girls. And for the longest time, they were asking me for a dog. And I was like, no, we are never <laughs> getting a dog. And then Kobe came into our lives. A client had come to the gym. She had just gotten this that, that dog from the dog breeder. And she couldn't handle him. It was too much. And so I brought him home. And then that was the end of the story. <laughs> I'll tell you something. It's interesting. My parents, I got them in 2016. I grew up with a bird. And it's so funny. They're the biggest gift I got for myself during the pandemic, like in every way possible. Having en animal energy, working from home, being isolated. That's a godsend because I just feel animals just have such special powers that we don't appreciate ourselves. And they can give us so much unconditional love in such a special way that we can heal rather prominently from just having animals in our lives. Yes. Yes. That's the word unconditional love, Jason. And I could tell you that since Kobe came into our life, the energy balance in the house is completely different. He brought the I agree. element. It's really unbelievable. And I, you don't know this until you have a dog. Like that's the thing is you don't know that this is possible until you bring this being into your house. And they really teach you a lot about love. They teach you a lot about patience. And if I'm upset at him, he just wants my <laughs> approval. Like, just wants You're right about that. Yeah. You can't stay angry around an animal. And if you are, you've got an issue. Go see a therapist because animals are so amazing. Their love is just so incredible. You can't stay angry. If you're having a bad day, go see your animal. If you have one, if not, go see an animal because they really can heal you and give you perspective too. Yeah. I want to, to ask you because I really appreciate it. How can our audience get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you directly? So they can always email me sherry at sherryshaban.com or on Instagram at sherryshabanfitness. That's mainly the two places that I get my messages and I'm pretty fast to respond there too. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? A wolf. <laughs> and why? For the strength of the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack. And I get this from the jungle book. <laughs> this was yeah this was a line that just really resonates with me because it is community and it is unity and it is respect and it's just a reminder that the leader is not there to to emplace fear and control but instead to really realize that he's dependent on the pack and the pack is just as dependent on him i have not had i usually use that a lot in my episodes which spirit and you gave the best answer just now i think the best like explanatory answer. And I appreciate that. I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I have to tell you that before we even did the interview today, 
I was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this interview. Because after being on your show and having a chance to experience you there, I was it's like, it's hard to describe it to non-podcasters, but when you're a podcaster and you can open up your platform to, to someone else that's, that does something similarly and shares an alignment and thought and how we view the world through our own set of eyes, it's very exciting. It's that meaning, that purpose, that je ne sais quoi, you just can't put words on it. But the experience of it is just so exciting and fun. And I, I really am excited that we're able to share your story today. You asked me before we start if I'd read for you. I'll, I'll say two things I get from our interview today. I wouldn't doubt if you don't write something, a book, something that describes your journey and the steps you've taken to go from point A to point B. Wouldn't be surprised if that's not something you're going to do in the future. I also wouldn't be further surprised if you don't expand yourself online with a larger presence beyond YouTube and Instagram and your podcast. I think you're going to wind up finding other ways to expand yourself to larger audiences. So that's what I would like to see and I feel will likely happen. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. And you, It's so in flow, our conversations, and I, I really <laughs> like talking to you. Yeah, like I feel like we're like, we're so on the same page, like even when you were on my podcast. And so, yeah, I do agree. I love all the guests that come on. However, there's always just this flow that happens with certain people and you're definitely one of them. So I'm You are too. You are too. It's like having an old friend come on and talk about fitness, life challenges. Oh, and by the way, I was on your show last month, but you're like a friend that comes on the show to share. I will tell you this, that of course, as we go forward, if there's any ideas you want to open up this platform and collaborate with each other, I love doing that kind of stuff. And I would love to offer you the opportunity to come back on because you can see the smile of just having you and I talk today. It's been amazing. And what a treat for me. <laughs> what a treat for me, Jason. I'm so happy to be here. And same thing. if You're going to come back onto my show for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt. We're going to put more content out there for people to enjoy based upon our own setbacks, obstacles, spirituality. Uh, intuition, connecting, like you just said, just how we flow. I love the word flow too, by the way, because I feel like the way we flow, it's just so natural and it aligns with our messages. And that's how life should be. Once you find that flow and flow is that there's no resistance. Yeah, things are hard. Yeah, things take work and things take effort. It wasn't easy putting a podcast. I'm sure you put in a lot of work, but there's flow. There's just this ease to it this feeling where again time and space just stops and it's just it just comes out of you because it's meant to i just want to thank sherry for coming on the show today and sharing her background and being vulnerable and just having the ability to talk about life challenges and the biggest thing i get from having sherry on the show and just being on her show and having the amazing interactions i've had with her i've said this time and time again being on a podcast is it's a vehicle it introduces you to some amazing people and you can develop some just great relationships that you can then help share with the world. And it's, it's powerful stuff. And in Sherry's case, having the inspiration to overcome a sustainable back injury from an accident when you're in the prime of your teens, and then going from that experience and changing your mindset to then make your life passion, that which was originally a hindrance, even though she was an athlete at a younger age and she strove to be an athlete when she had her injuries, that's one of the hardest things to go through being told you're not going to do what you wanted to do. And what she did was she was a trailblazer. She developed her own path. She created her own and she manifested her way through it and was no longer a victim of her circumstances. When you have that drive, 
When you have that desire to be presented with an obstacle, being told you could probably only walk on a treadmill and that's going to be the extent of your physical fitness from that point on. And then developing that into the paradigm that body, mind, spirit is more important than just body. And I can get myself through this by thinking my way through it and developing my own spiritual approach. And that's what she's done. She's developed her own unique approach, became an athletic therapist, osteopath, nutritional consultant, strength coach. It's been doing this stuff for 18 years and add podcaster to the list. Check out Fall in Love with Fitness. Check out Sherry's website. We'll have all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. And when you're presented with a challenge, if you when you hear this episode and think to yourself, what hindrances happen? It's not what you can't do. It's what you can do. Start small. Work your way up. Think outside the box. Learn from your life experiences. Turn something as harrowing as a car accident into a new path. It may take a while. You might deal with some disappointments and setbacks, but eventually you'll get back to where you want to be and better than before. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply, subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric Acid.